D-S-N-Y. exploit the puppy for personal gain we're exploiting the puppy he's so handsome Hi. Yes. hello we're exploiting the puppy for personal gain uh i'm gonna put this clip out immediately after the podcast and say if you don't give us a five-star review you hate this little guy and nobody hate can hate puppy. that little oh my goodness no, so we're gonna have record reviews this week record reviews Are you, is he staying with us the whole time? Yeah, he'll stay here for a second. He can okay. he can sit on my lap. So, like, just tell me, just before we do the intro, did, did this dog just show up, like, out of the blue? It did. And I, I have to give my dad a lot of credit because nobody saw it coming, uh, not even my mother, who's wanted a second dog for a very long time. Uh, Flynn, is, Flynn is not taking it super well yet. He's still getting adjusted. He thinks this dog is a visitor. He doesn't know how long the puppy's going to be here. And the puppy keeps jumping on top of him, um, which he's, he does not like that very much. He mm-hmm. doesn't like that at all. Um, but yeah, the dog just showed up out of nowhere. And now we have two dogs, one puppy who is being exploited for his cuteness for extra reviews. Mm, same. Exploited. Someone's got to come get him though. I don't want him to pee on my lap, which is a very... <laughs> It's a very real possibility that he might take a piss on my lap. Well, and he still doesn't have a name yet, so... Still doesn't have a name. Here we go. Passing the puppy off. Have fun, little guy. Have fun, yeah. He's going back to take a nap. I absolutely 100% woke him up from a nap just to exploit him for five-star reviews. And Yep, just want to double-check that we were recording that because now I wasn't sure for a second. Um... (laughs) This is episode 74 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. As of Wednesday, doing indoor dining. It's back. I mean, we've been doing it up here in upstate New York for quite some time, so just saying. Less people. Less people. Very true. Um, Very true. uh, Oh, boy. We We got a lot of stuff today. Given that the Yankees are heading into the playoffs, they backed their way into the fifth seed. Didn't earn that at all. Thank God for the Baltimore Orioles of all teams. Just being like, yeah, we'll, we'll help you guys out. We'll beat yeah, the Blue who, Jays on the last day of a meaningless season. Who would have thought that we would be thanking the Baltimore Orioles? But seriously, if that was not the case, then the Yankees would be on a plane and they would be in Tampa right now getting ready to play tomorrow, which is not what you want. You not know, ideal. But to be fair, Cleveland's not exactly an ideal matchup either. It is not, no. And in fact, it was just everything that went on yesterday, my brain was mush because the day started, I'm like, oh yeah, football Sunday. I'm like, oh, but it's also the last day of the regular season. And I'm just thinking, well, the Yankees are either going to play the White Sox or they're going to play the Twins. That's what's going to happen. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Wherever we go, just got to get it done. I like the Chicago matchup. Not a huge fan of the Minnesota Twins matchup, as we talked about last week. But then all of a sudden thrown into the mix, 
here come the Indians. And the Indians, interestingly enough, I did a little research because I haven't really paid too much attention. But um, the Indians, came, they finished their season seven and one. Not great. It's not great for us. It's great for them, not great for us. Right, exactly. The momentum is great. Um, Obviously, and actually, I forgot to mention this last week, but last week was my birthday, and, you know, I share a birthday with Java Chamberlain, which James did not know. No, I did not until the broadcast that day when they gave a shout-out to Java Chamberlain for his birthday. And first of all, are we just going to brush past the fact that we recorded last week, the day before your birthday, you didn't even say anything. I had to learn on Facebook, like everybody else, that your birthday was, was last Wednesday. I told you I had plans. I know, that's true. You did say you have plans. Could have mentioned, like, oh, I have birthday plans. It is my birthday. No big well, deal. All I know is that I sent a picture um, to the Yes Network when they basically were like, show your pinstripe pride. I was like, I might as well do it today. It's my birthday. So I sent it. And then my buddy, Mike Medvin was like, it's your birthday. And you sent that picture in. You think we're really going to put it on the air? And I'm like, yes, maybe. <laughs> um, so Medvin hooking it up. But here's the, here's the problem is I, I went to like one of my favorite fall places. And then for the evening, we went to Wolf's Beer Garden. I don't know if they have one. They, they must have one somewhere. But anyway, they have this giant boot that's like five and a half or six full drinks. And they give you a birthday boot on your birthday. So I decided to go get a birthday boot. That's got a double meaning. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, so I went to this, uh, this bar. And then I went to the bathroom. And I was with like four other people. And for whatever reason, no one was paying attention. And I came out and my phone was exploding. Like people were texting me and like on twitter they were like your picture was just on tv and michael k just wished you a happy birthday i was like i'm sorry what i missed it <laughs> oh back that up back that up rewind the tape what? you got a yeah. birthday shout out from michael k that's it great was awesome it was so great and then uh my buddy big big baby david sent me a video on uh on my dm so i was like thank you because my mom was like i missed it too send me a video i'm like mom i don't have it i <laughs> I don't have it. So. I can't get the bar to rewind this game for that. So we're going to have to watch yeah. the replay. We're going to have to watch Yankees Encore when I get home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I sent it to my mom and she sent it to every single extended family member that she could think of. So it's kind of funny. But um, but going back to the Jabba Chamberlain thing, it just reminds me because now the picture's resurfacing of the hotel rooms in Cleveland, warning of the midges. And we all know the story of the midges. Uh, I believe it was back in 2007? Yep. Long yeah. time ago. Mm-hmm. So that just resurfaced in my mind. And once again, Jabba Chamberlain has become relevant. Yeah, once a week. Once yeah. a week. We've missed a couple weeks on the Jabba news. Not since we got the really sad news about the auction at his house. And yeah. this is also really sad news because we're just reminded of the time that Jabba Chamberlain blew a playoff game because he was getting attacked by little flies. I remember watching that live and it was just devastating because when he came into the game, you were like, shut down. This is easy. And then you could just tell he was so flustered. And I was like, please, please don't, please don't do this. Please don't do this. We need this so bad. And unfortunately it did not work. So I also saw a video of the, um, the Francisco Lindor Grand Slam in game two of the ALDS of 2017. So that was also a great reminder 
of all the terrible things that have happened in Cleveland. But I also got a wonderful reminder about Didi Gregorius hitting two home runs off of Corey Kluber in game yep. five. Brett Gardner with his 13 pitch at bat and then taking a single to through the um through the right side, two runs score. Oh, big, big hit. Just going back to that. So good memories, bad memories. Three games set. Uh I'm scared. Are we gonna talk about preview? Yes, we are. Uh, also, shout out Greg Bird for the home run off Andrew Miller. Uh, and yeah, we got a little bit of a preview. I'm not thrilled about it uh, because we're seeing the consensus AL Cy Young in game one. We're seeing mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco in game two. And then Zach Plezak in game three. And that's all the games. That's all of them. And honestly, I think the Indians are so smart the way they set it up because, I, because the Yankees, what they're doing, obviously, they're doing Garrett Cole, they're doing Masahiro Tanaka, and then they're doing Jay Happ in game three, which could potentially be a do or die game. Yeah. I don't love that. (laughs) The Indians on the other hand are starting the series strong, of course, with the triple crown winner from this year, um, Shane Bieber. And then you've got uh, Carlos Carrasco, who is, you know, he did pretty well this season, but he wasn't as impressive as Zach Plesak to be completely honest. Plesak only allowed 14 runs in 55 innings of work and the Yankees can't seem to score any runs. So putting him in game three, real smart decision. I like the way the Indians are playing this. Not sure about the Yankees. Yeah, and it's not really – Jay Happ had a shockingly good year for the Yankees Mm -hmm. in 2020, which we didn't see coming, obviously, because when he had a 10 ERA, we were on this very podcast with Max Greenfield saying, honestly, Jay Happ is hot dog shit right now, which is a hot steaming pile of New York City trash on a human day. Like, that's what Jay Happ is right now. And then he just turned into a dominant pitcher again, which nobody saw coming. And all of that great work will be immediately undone if he throws a fucking stinker in a do-or-die playoff game. Nobody's going to remember that. And that's like the classic Yankee fan syndrome. Like, Gary Sanchez had the worst year that he'll probably ever have this year. If he has a big playoffs, no one's going to remember. You're going to look back at 2020 and be like, oh, yeah, Gary? Yeah, he was great. He had, like, four home runs in the World Series, right? Yeah, nobody remembers that he had like four home runs the whole year, but. Yeah, because he batted 147. (laughs) By the way, funny stat, and this will obviously go a little bit later once we do our awards, but Gary Sanchez batted 147 this year. He still was tied for second in home runs on the team. Yeah, because all he hit were home runs. I mean, he had more home runs than singles this year. Right, exactly. So just really interesting. But yeah, I mean, obviously you're playing in Cleveland. Um, are there gonna, they're not going to be fans there, are there? No fans. No fans for the wild card round, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. I don't know where we landed on the ALCS and World Series having fans. I have to, I have to look into that again because it just mm-hmm. keeps flip-flopping and it's a dumb idea have fans at, at those games uh it'd be nice to have live fans but again right. global pandemic still raging um also shout out to florida because we hate florida setting records every day with their covid cases just lifted every restriction in the book so you know if you're in florida maybe move <laughs> maybe don't live there um <laughs> totally understandable but uh yeah i mean just coming up in this series, too, one of the other things to look out for is, is I, I hate the three-game series because it, it just feels like a regular season series. You, ha- you have to win game one. You have to win game one. 
You don't Absolutely. But that's that's a tough ask for the Yankees. Even with Garrett Cole on the mound, that's right. a tough ask because you're, I mean, you're going against Shane Bieber, who is but far and away the best pitcher in the league this year. Right. Not just the American League, the entire league. Shane Bieber right. is is nasty, and as good as Garrett Cole is, he hasn't hit that stride yet. Where you say right. like this guy is is clearly the best pitcher in baseball. Nobody could touch him if they wanted to. You're gonna need a fucking tennis racket to even get a whiff at a fastball. It's just, it's not Garrett Cole this year. Not yet. I mean, maybe postseason Cole is uh, is ready to go at the drop of a hat. I don't know. But the problem is, when you're looking at a three-game series, game two is the most important game. So, obviously, you want to win game one. So, that game two, if you lose, then you're like, okay, we have another shot at this. But if you lose game one, game two is that game where you're like, now we absolutely have to win in order to survive another day. So you're Yeah, you don't want to play from your heels. Right. So you're going to throw everything that you got into game two and then potentially be down in game three if you use, you know, certain pitchers from the bullpen and things like that. And no days off. That's important to remember. No days off. Right. Exactly. So game two is going to be the biggest game, which is obviously Masahiro Tanaka. We know he does pretty well in the postseason and really steps up to the plate. (laughs) Pun intended. Um, But that is going to be the biggest challenge. However, I am very nervous and I just want the Yankees to win game one and game two. Like, let's not worry about police act. Let's just, you know, take care of everything else right now. Sweep but it, the, sweep it. The problem is, no matter how well Garrett Cole pitches, you've got Shane Bieber on the other side, and you've got a Yankees offense that is incredibly streaky that can either score 14 runs or zero. Yeah, I mean, obviously, what it's going to come down to is I doubt either team scores more than three runs the entire game. It's going to be whether or not you have a guy on base when you get your one homer for the day. And that's, I mean, unfortunately, that's how a lot of these Yankees series have ended up this year, where you're you're just wondering, okay, well, we got two guys on now. Are we going to get that home run, or are we going to leave runners in scoring position? And to be fair, the Yankees' numbers with scoring position actually aren't as bad as I thought they were. Uh, they are in the top third of the league, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, you should be better than that. Um, but even still, a lot of those runners in scoring position hits are coming off home runs. They are very reliant on the home run. And Shane Bieber is not a guy that you're probably going to have a lot of success against. Whereas Garrett Cole, he's not going to let up a lot of base runners, but he could give up two solo shots. And that's the game right there. Because, uh, both guys are going at least seven innings, unless there's right. an implosion. Both guys are going seven innings. Cleveland has uh, James Karinchak and Brad Hand at the back end, the two tough relievers. The Yankees have Britton and Araldis Chapman. I don't really want to get into the middle bullpen for the Yankees. It's not, no. it's not something I'm comfortable with. No, you don't want you don't want in a in a shortened series. You don't want Luis Sessa in there with the game on the line. No offense, Luis, love you, but you don't you don't want Chad Green in there with the game on the line. Because remember what happened last time he was in Cleveland in the postseason? He was the one that gave up that grand slam. Um, you know, and honestly, in the postseason in general, I don't think Chad Green is that good. And I'm not sure whether it's just the environment, the stress, the pressure, maybe having no fans would help, but it doesn't seem to help this regular season. So I don't know. You've only really got two relievers that you can fully trust because Adam Adovino has been very streaky as well. And it's just, you really, Garrett Cole's got to go at least seven, if not eight innings. Um, you know, to at least limit the amount of work that the bullpen has to do. But he also has to give very quality innings where he can give his team, his offense, a chance to score. And the offense better pick it up because I'm getting real pissed off. Like, 
these guys broke a record for a number of home runs in 60 games and yet they get shut out on on the daily almost like it's it's ridiculous yeah it's complete inconsistency and i mean again with the bullpen i almost in my mind i imagine the bullpen being a lot better this year because in the past years we've seen just Chad Green getting overworked. Adam Adovino last year was great for half the year, and then he looked like he hit a brick wall, and he just couldn't couldn't bear to be on the field anymore. Or just getting overworked, overworked, overworked. And now we only have 60 games. Say, so, oh, well, maybe these guys will just be better now that they're going to have a little bit more rest. All right, Chad Green got a 10-day break in the middle of the season. Don't tell me he's not rested. Um, Honestly, but, maybe he just doesn't need rest as much. Maybe he's one of those guys that needs to pitch every day. Maybe, he used to do it. maybe, but I remember that, that Lindor grand slam, I think came, I think Chad Green had thrown like two innings before that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think it was just one of those long outings where you're like, all right, yeah. eventually we're going to have to turn it over to somebody else. And then boom, mm-hmm. explosion. So uh, one of the other things too, I saw on Twitter today, I don't remember who it was. So my apologies, but someone posted a, um, posted a poll and it basically said, you know, if there was one player that's on the, you know, the extended or long-term IL that you would want for this postseason, who would you want? The answer has to be Luis Severino, but at the same time, you question Tommy Canely. Yeah, I think, I think I'd rather go with the starter just because, I, I, again, I don't want Jay Happ. I don't care how good Jay Happ has been this year. I don't want him pitching a do or die game. I just... It's not going to, I'm not going to be comfortable with that. We could have a five run lead in the, in the sixth inning and Jay Happ's still in the game. I'm worried. I'm still worried. So if you got that chance to get Luis Severino back and then push Massa to game three, then I'm, I'm golden. I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, we got this. Everything's going to be fine. Even if we lose game one, we got Luis Severino, who's nasty. And we got the best postseason pitcher in fucking history, Masahiro Tanaka on the back Mm -hmm. end. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I saw that poll and I, at first I was like, yes, Luis automatically. But then at the same time I was like, well, Tommy, mm. you know, just, just one of those things that really made me stop and think a little bit, but my final choice was Luis Severino as was about 58% of the population. So. Oh, it's actually a little bit lower than I would have thought, but I mean, well, I love Tommy. Everybody loves well. Tommy. Yeah. There was another choice as well. Um, I don't remember who it was though. Uh, Maybe Paxton. Yes, it was Paxton. Yep. Yeah, I'd rather have Severino than Paxton. As good yeah, as Paxton was, is, I'd rather have Sevy. It was Sevy and then Canely and then Paxton. So that was what it came in. But yeah, I saw that and I just, I didn't really think about it. And I was like, wait a minute, I totally forgot we were missing Luis Severino because he just hasn't been here and we haven't talked about him at all. So this series is going to be tough. Um, it honestly was going to be tough anyway, regardless. I mean, now you're in the playoffs. You're with teams that are supposed to be good, except for, you know, the Astros at under 500 in the playoffs. But oh, let's talk about that. I, uh, first of all, I went on record today and said, I'd rather the Yankees had missed the playoffs entirely than do this expanded playoffs bullshit. I hate it. Hate it yeah. so much. There are two teams the Houston Astros and the Milwaukee Brewers who lost more games than they won in 2020, who will have a chance to compete for a world series. That's wrong. That's just straight wrong. So here's the other thing too, is I didn't understand the seating in general. The seating was complicated. And if they want to continue this into next season, I am not going to be a huge fan because my problem was you have, you have the seatings, you have the Yankees and the Blue Jays, right? The Blue Jays, when the Yankees lose, they switch spots. So the Yankees would be the eighth seed. The Blue Jays would be the fifth seed. 
but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the way they're doing it is the top three division winners are the first three seeds. The second teams in the division get four through six and then two wild card teams, which I, I agree is kind of dumb because the Houston Astros are the worst team in the entire tournament and they have the sixth seed in the American League. So instead of seeing the Rays in game one, they get the Twins. The Twins are a beatable team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. the, Rays, the Rays really aren't that beatable. They don't look that beatable. Their offense isn't great, but what they lack in offense, they make up for in pitching and bullpen. Oh, yeah. So they're going to they're gonna suppress runs with the best of them. And Absolutely. Houston's pitching is not good enough to, to get shut out on, on the offensive end. Right. No, I mean, it just, it was so strange to me to look at that and be like, wait a minute, these records are worse and it just doesn't make sense to me. So when I, cause I was trying to pay attention, but I couldn't really like, yeah, I couldn't really keep everything straight. But once, once they basically said, you know, if, you know, if the Blue Jays win, the Yankees lose, they're, they're switching spots. I'm like, wait a minute, what, how, how does that work? So the Yankees could go from the fifth seed to the eighth seed with one game. This so dumb. didn't make any sense to me. And who knows? Maybe the Tampa Bay Rays are going to struggle against the Blue Jays. Maybe the Blue Jays are going in hot. I don't know. It could happen, but. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at one bad outing from, you know, Blake Snell gives up three runs and Hyunjin Ryu only gives up two runs. Right. And now you just eliminated the Rays' best pitcher. And you're looking at Tyler Glass now for the game two. Glass now has been hit or miss. Sometimes he's sometimes he throws no hitters. Sometimes he gives up seven runs. Right. You don't know where you're going to get. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I think that's what they wanted to do, especially with this postseason. not only make it extended, but really kind of emphasize that anything can happen because honestly, in a three game set, anything could happen. All you got to do is go on a tear and win two games or two out of three. It, it shouldn't, though. It shouldn't work like that. The Milwaukee Brewers You're got right. so significantly worse this offseason that it was okay. like it was almost a full teardown. They lost so many players to other teams, and then they just backed their way into the eighth seed. Now, do you think that Milwaukee Brewers ownership is going to go out next year in the same playoff format and say, you know what, let's go sign like a gigantic star? And, and really, like, solidify our spot here? Or are they going to go maybe replace a few pieces, you know, maybe update, maybe bring, a, bring up a promising prospect instead of an aging veteran and just try to get that nice little eight spot again and try to catch magic when it counts? That's what they're going to do. They're not going to go out and sign a superstar. Why would they? Why would they pay $300 million when they can get the same production, which is just playoff-level production, just get into the playoffs, see what happens, by spending nothing? Once again, the new MLB format is benefiting the owners, but it's not benefiting the players and the free agents that are coming up. So if they continue this, you're absolutely right. There's not going to be any mega deals that are going to be signed, to be completely honest, unless it's someone like maybe whoever wins the World Series this year and wants to get even better and just wants to be like, yep, I want to be dominant. But beyond that, no. I mean, if you don't have to spend the money, you're not going to spend the money because you're still going to make the playoffs anyway. Yeah, I mean, those those like major signings are going to be reserved for teams who are like, they're comfortably in the playoff picture, but they're not really right. the favorites. And then they're going to go out and make those big signings or teams that are absolute dog shit. And they're looking, like, oh, all right, we got to get somewhere here. Those teams will go out and make the big signings. But I mean, as we've seen in the last few years, 
those mid-range players don't get paid anymore because you can go into the minor leagues and find someone who can give you mathematically equal production, even if it's, it's uglier for, you know, $600,000 a year instead of a major league, $10 million a year. Like Brett Gardner is making $10 million this year. You think the Yankees don't have somebody who can give the same level of production for $600,000. They do somewhere, somewhere there is. They can make a trade for somebody, trade a, a no-name prospect for a no-name prospect, and that no-name prospect just happens to walk a lot and match Brett Gardner's offensive production. Yeah, you're right. You're always right, James. You know that? No, oh, I'm never, never always right. Never always right. Um, so do you have anything else to add about the upcoming series about the Indians? Just that I don't love Cleveland's offense. I think if we're going to beat them, we're really going to have to shut them down on offense with our pitching. We're going to have to get deep starts from our starters because I don't want those mid bullpen guys going. I want to get it, but get the ball right over to Zach Burton and Araldis Chapman. Just get to them early, get Garrett Cole a comfortable lead on Wednesday or Wednesday, right? Tuesday or Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. get Garrett mm-hmm. Cole a nice comfortable lead Tuesday. First inning, put a run on the board, let him work, mm-hmm. let him work. What I don't do want him do thinking – no, I don't want him thinking all day, if I miss one pitch, then we're going to lose this game because that's how pitchers get into trouble. If you have no breathing room whatsoever, that's when you're going to make a mistake, when you're trying too hard not to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Pitch your game. No, I agree. You should be the one giving him a pep talk. And it does sound like uh, Kyle Higashioka is going to be catching tomorrow for Garrett Cole. So, yes, he's a little very, catcher. Very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I leave oh. – what if Higgy comes in and just blasts two home runs off Shane Bieber? What are you going to say? Oh, I would love that. He would be a hero. He would be a hero. What if that happened? Okay, so everyone's hating on Gary Sanchez, but they're also hating on Kyle Higashioka, and it's just like, what do you guys want? I don't know. I just want – for right now, in this very moment, I want both of them to have really productive postseasons. That I want them both great. to be great. But just – for my own personal sanity going forward, I don't know if I can handle four months of Kyler Gary, Kyler Gary, Kyler Gary. Right. So I'd like one of them. I want the both to be good. I want one of them to be significantly better, though. Preferably Gary. I would like Gary Sanchez to have an absolutely monster postseason, win World Series MVP, do up the whole thing, show all the haters that they were wrong. But I'd also like Kyle Higashioka to hit a home run every game he plays in. <laughs> I mean, he seems to be on track to potentially do that. Yeah, so I mean, all we'll he see. hits is home run. I actually, I remember now the first Kyle Higashioka single I've ever seen. It's not, it's from this year, from this year. The first mm-hmm. time I actually remember him hitting a single because we made such a big deal that Kyle Higashioka only hits home runs. If he doesn't hit Correct. a home run, he gets an out. Yeah, it's, it's pretty true. Um, the other thing, too, I forgot to ask you this as well. I guess we'll kind of end on this, but um, there have been talks of potentially seeing what to do with Giancarlo Stanton um, because he has been pretty not so great since coming back from the I.L. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, obviously you're referencing Joel Sherman's tweet from earlier mm-hmm. today where he suggested that Tyler Wade play second base DJ LeMay, who play first base, Luke Voigt, DH, and Giancarlo Stanton rides the bench with Brett Gardner out in left field for for defensive purposes. And, I mean, I get what you're going for. I get you want to have a good defense. Giancarlo Stanton isn't producing right now. I get what you're going for. But let's not forget, 
that in a game, especially game one, with Bieber and Garrett Cole on the mound, when one swing can make the difference, John Garlow Stanton could easily be the guy who runs into one and blasts it 450 feet. That opens up the lead that you need. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, Brett Gardner's not going to do that. More than likely not going to do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. Brett Gardner is more than likely not going to be the one who opens up a lead with a home run. Tyler Wade, I would bet almost anything. I would bet my entire life savings, which is not a lot. So I'm really not risking a lot that Tyler Uh Wade isn't the one who opens the scoring with a home run. But John Carlos Stanton might be. So I'd rather have that one swing. I can't wait till tomorrow. I would love to just see your face if that actually happened. I will say, I have a buddy, Matt. And I actually, I think you met Matt. He was with me at that yes. game that we went to yep. together last year. He is the worst reverse jinx of all time. I swear to God, every time he texts me and says, Tyler Wade is trash. Tyler Wade hits a home run. He did it with Brett Gardner too. When we were at that game, Brett Gardner hit a home run. I think it was one of them. Oh, Wade or yeah, Gardner. I mm-hmm. It might've been both of them then. So he mm-hmm. turns to me and he goes, yeah, Tyler Wade. Like, why did we even play this guy? He's a quadruple a player. Tyler Wade home run at Brett Gardner. When is he going to fucking retire already? I mean, this guy's giving us nothing out there. Boom. Home run. It's right. unbelievable. I need, I need Matt to text me as well throughout the game. Just tell me everyone sucks. Everybody. I would, I would love to hear we've, it. We've tried to reverse engineer it to really force it. It has to be mm. full. It has to be organic. Natu- yeah, it has to be a full natural hate mm-hmm. that he has for okay. – he doesn't hate Brett Gardner, but he thinks Brett Gardner's trash. I think he actually hates Tyler Wade besides the fact oh. that he's the most handsome man and fastest man in baseball. I was going to say, maybe he's just jealous. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Tyler Wade's just so handsome. He's like, I hope that guy doesn't hit a home run. Home exactly. Run. Because he can't be handsome and hit home runs. No, That's can't just... have it. Can't have it. Can't also be fast, fair. too. You get two things. <laughs> you don't get them all. No. Um, yeah, so I just I wanted to ask about that because I wasn't sure what your, what your thoughts were there. But good. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to cover a couple of quick things just in terms of Yankee news. Um, because and then we'll get into awards. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Awesome. So, well, first of all, just talking about the Yankees limping into the postseason. Um, they're two and six in their final eight games of the season. They're eleven and eighteen on the road and have to face some pretty good pitchers. So, ah, uh, reason to be nervous. But hey, like we said, three game series. Not really sure what's going to happen. The Yankees' offense could just wake up and decide to do stuff. It's but total crapshoot. I do believe that they would be doing better if they posted some yanks on the plane pictures just even with masks you know like just to make sure that we know that they're still thinking about us fans even though we're not there so absolutely just acknowledge us just acknowledge us that's all we ask right we just want to say hey um but the end of the season um obviously dj lemayhew my man wants to stay in the bronx yes um, so that's obviously great news uh the man is literally like we said a machine where he his interviews are like two words three words but you know he's like hey i want to stay give and, him all of the money all of it and i'm not biased because my dad just got me a dj lemayhu shirt but i am biased because now i want <laughs> you know no. but he wants to stay. The man wants to stay. He's productive. He won the batting title in both the National League and now the American League. First yes, time congratulations to him. Yep, first time, first Yankee since Bernie Williams in 98, which I honestly forgot about, which is also super sad because 
core four should be core five, but whatever, you know. Um, so great for him. And then Luke Voigt also is the home run champ this season with 22 taters. I'm going to call them taters. That's a good one. 22 taters. Yeah. Now I have some sad things also to share. Yes. Well, I guess it's not really sad, but you know, it could be if you think about it a certain way. First of all, Masahiro Tanaka's Instagram post, um, when he made his final regular season start, he posted and basically sounded like a goodbye. And everyone was like, oh my God, don't leave, don't leave. And I'm like, guys, this is, I mean, this is the end of his contract. You know, if he wants to come back and the Yankees want him back, they will find a way to get him back. But, you know, it was kind of sad to, to see his Instagram post and just see him, you know, be like, wow, over the years, you know, this season wasn't very good. And people are like, oh my gosh, like, oh, Masa. He doesn't want to come back. I'm like, yeah, but this guy was the one that went 24 and 0 in a regular season in Japan. This guy is, he's a perfectionist. Like he likes, he wants to focus on being great and anything less than undefeated is not great for him. So not good enough. Right. Exactly. Oh, I love um, Masa so much. I know. He's so cute. He's just a little cutie. Um, the other thing, too, and it's amazing, actually, to think that at the very beginning of this season, the first spring training pitch, well, not pitch, but first spring training outing, he got wailed in the head by Stanton. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We weren't even sure what was going to happen. So, hey, kudos to him. Well, wasn't like, it like 112 miles an hour off the bat? Right mm-hmm. to the dome. Oh, that was right scary. To the dome. And he was yeah. totally fine. Superhero Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, exactly. Totally fine. So you know what? Have faith in the man. I would love to see him back. We've talked about this before. Probably pick him over Paxton if you had to choose between the two to sign, unless yep. you get Paxton for a really cheap deal. But I, I want Masa back and I think he wants to be back too. I think if you can get Paxton for a cheap deal, you re-sign both of them. Yeah, why not? I mean, I was thinking at the beginning of the year that you couldn't re-sign both of them because Pax, I was expecting Paxton to play an entire season, but he didn't. Yo, his, his values, he's going to get a, a one-year contract of almost nothing just for him to, to rebuild his value and prove that he's still a good pitcher and lose out on a ton of free agency money. I mean, he was probably – I would have given Paxton five years, 100 mil for – I mean, he's, he's, he is in his early 30s, so you don't really want to go too long, too far right. for too much money. But, I mean, he's been a productive pitcher. Absolutely. Um, and a southpaw. We love those. So. Love southpaws. Um, so – the last thing I wanted to mention is this happened yesterday after the regular, the last regular season game. Um, Brett Gardner came out of the empty dugout at the end of the game, goes, and there's, you know, obviously no fans around, and he tips his cap to the empty Yankee Stadium. Like, this is going to be his last game at Yankee oh, Stadium. Man. And, like, my heart just shattered. It shattered. Like, it didn't just break, it shattered. Because that man has done everything over the years. He's done a lot. This year was not great. And, you know, he'd be the first person to tell you that. He actually has in plenty of interviews. But he has put so much heart and soul into that game. And so many fans are just like, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. But the poor man does not deserve to go out like that. That does not deserve to no, be No, he, he deserves to get his real curtain call on his final game. Even if you just bring him back 
for a game next year. And he doesn't even play. He just gets to come out on the field, get announced in the lineup, tip his cap to the home fans. I'm assuming we'll have fans by then. God, I pray to God we have fans by then. I mean, this was, I kind of got used to the crowd noise, which became super depressing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know you're right. But yeah, seeing that this morning was just a, a shot to the heart. I felt so terrible. And the guy definitely, you say whatever you want about him this season. You know, he definitely did not play up to par. He was batting 223, really not good um, and really struggled. But man, that guy deserves a real curtain call in front of real fans, the people that have loved him for years back in, since he came up back in, well, 2008 and then 2009 for World Series season. But yeah. yeah, we'll keep carrying the torch. Even when Guardy's gone, we'll keep carrying the torch. I'm sure we'll have uh, some kind of segment that pops up, like obscure Guardy stat of the week, uh, which I'm sure you already have all of them by now, just memorized in your head. You know every single stat. I have plenty, yes. Plenty of obscure stats. So that if he does retire, if the Yankees decide to buy him out, then we'll come up with something to honor Guardy. But I don't think I think he'll be back in some capacity next year. I think he should. Like I said, he deserves to go out in a better way than, uh, and obviously you can't, you can't control what happened with COVID. It just really pisses me off that I see people that are just so, uh, like we've talked about this before, these, they're ball players, but they're people too. Like this guy has given his heart and soul to this Yankees organization and, you know, he deserves to be sent off in a proper manner. Absolutely. And to his credit, the, the Yankees have a pretty fragile outfield, but to Gardy's credit, he is not fragile. I think he makes for a perfect fourth or even fifth outfielder when you really just need someone. You need a body for when guys get hurt. You can always just rely on Gardy. He will always be around. If you mm-hmm. really need somebody to play center field, you have Gardy there. He can play center field. Exactly. Exactly. Very durable and um definitely able to to play multiple positions so we love that about Brett Gardner among other things I just love Brett Gardner but anyway um now on to awards um I don't know what sort of awards you have listed but I have a few listed oh you got I also have a few oh yeah I I wrote them down uh I got my whole list here it's a very long list uh okay yeah since I have uh the IBWAA voting powers this year so I have to I have to make all my votes um, so I did, I wrote quite a few down. I should have picked three managers. I only picked two. I haven't, I haven't really gotten that far down the list yet. Um, but let's start with you. AL MVP. Who you got? Uh, AL MVP. I'm thinking Jose Ramirez, to be completely honest. Nailed it. Get out of my brain. Sorry about that. And actually to be super, super serious right now, I only did Yankees awards. I didn't do all season awards. So I just pulled that one out of my ass and it was right. (laughs) All right. Well, let's do Yankees season awards then. (laughs) But I also want to hear what you have to say for like all together. So you agree with Jose Ramirez though, right? Yeah. I have Jose Ramirez first. Okay. Okay. Good call. Good call. Tell me what else you got there. I want to hear, I want to hear what you got. And then we go into Yankees. Um, all right. NL MVP. I went Juan Soto. It's a little bit of an outside the box pick, but I mean, he finished okay. the season with a weighted runs created plus of 198. Uh, the only thing dragging him down is that he only played 46 out of the 60 games, which I'm just, I'm just not going to hold that against anybody this year. Even, you know, unless you played an absurdly small amount of games, I'm not going to hold two weeks on you just because of 
COVID season. It was only 60 games. I'm not going to hold that on you. So Juan Soto, MVP for the National League. Uh, AL Cy Young, obviously Shane Bieber. We're going to see him on Tuesday. I'm not thrilled about that. Yeah, wave. Uh, NL, Trevor Bauer. We sort of love Trevor Bauer. We don't love everything about Trevor Bauer, but we love what he's doing for the game. And also, he was filthy this year. So He was. He was nasty. Really wish I could have picked Denelson Lamette. I love Denelson Lamette. He's going to be my choice for an award I'm going to surprise you with later. It's, a, it's a, not a real award. It's a James Kelly award. Oh, okay. Even better. Even better. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis. Kind of a shocking pick after Luis Robert had a great first month. And then I, I don't think he's hit he a home run. Off. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's hit a home run in almost the entire month of September, uh, which was great because I had him on my fantasy baseball team. I was really excited about it. And then for the last, you know, four weeks of the season, he gave me jack shit. Um, <laughs> and NL Rookie of the Year. I don't know if you're familiar with this player, uh, Devin Williams. I have heard the name, and I, I feel like I say that a lot, but I've actually heard yeah. the name. He's an, he's an obscure reliever from Milwaukee. He's a rookie. Okay. And he threw 27 innings this year and gave up one earned run. In his first appearance, he gave up a solo homer, didn't give up an earned run for the rest of the year. Wow. That was unbelievable. Uh, He is also my reliever of the year. Okay, okay. And on the other side, Liam Hendricks from Oakland is my AL reliever of the year. Uh, I do like Liam Hendricks. He is very good. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then for manager of the year, I got Kevin Cash for the AL and Jace Tingler for the NL. Okay. Had to give my Padres some love. I definitely agree with the Kevin Cash because, you know, I I pay a lot of attention, obviously, to the Rays and just except for that stupid comment about the stables. No. Hate it. I mean, I hate the Rays, but I mean, Kevin Cash did a, a really great job with them again. I mean, he's a really good manager. I don't know. What yes, else am I going to say? He knows what he's doing. So, uh, what else am I going to say? What else you got? Anything else? Uh, nope. That's it. That's it. Five, five awards. That was a short list. It was. It seemed like. I don't okay. really have, I don't actually have too many votes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the policy was. Um, okay. So for the New York Yankees awards, which I wrote down. Team overall MVP. I'm going to tell you what I think, and I'm going to explain it, okay? Brett Gardner because defense. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no. DJ LeMayhew. Yes. Okay? And the reason I did that is because I split up offense and defense, and I have separate awards for both of those. So offensive MVP, defensive MVP, because to be completely honest, Luke Boyd is probably the offensive MVP of the New York Yankees, but his defense leaves much to be desired. And I really can't in good faith say, yes, he deserves to be full team MVP. I'm going with DJ LeMahieu, leader in batting average, excellent fielder. Just every time he was on the field and every time that he started, he made a huge difference for the Yankees. So that's my team MVP. Full agree. Full agree. Okay, good. I thought you were going to get mad at me. No chance. No, I love DJ. I had DJ above Luke Voigt for my AL MVP voting. Oh, really? Absolutely. I love DJ this year. Yeah. And I think especially just the fact that he is he's the better all-around player. Um, Luke Voigt obviously has has that power. He hit a lot of home runs. He really came through clutch on offense, but when it came to the defense. Not great. You know, it just 
like I said, um, we have had, it's hard to find a really good defensive first baseman. And we were blessed with Mark Teixeira for so many years. And then ever since then, we just can't find one. So. It's like it's like the reverse third base situation where you just had so many mm -hmm. bad defensive third, ba third baseman forever. So Gio yeah. Urshela comes along and he looks like a god. And then yeah. you say, oh, well, analytically, he's actually – he's maybe slightly above average. Last year, I think he was average. This year, he's probably slightly above average. Um, mm -hmm. But he looks like a god to us. And he is a god because right. he makes all the plays he's supposed to make. He just doesn't have a ton of range. Right, exactly. Um, so, on that note, my defensive MVP is Gio Urshela. Um, I really think, obviously, he made a few errors this year and things like that. He did miss some time with the bone spur, but the guy's got a friggin' bone spur in his elbow and still making incredible plays. Like, I love him. I have no doubts in my mind that he can make the play when it comes to him. So, Gio Urshela, defensive MVP. What are your Absolutely. thoughts? Uh, I like that pick. I could, I could also say DJ LeMahieu. Uh, he was for my that. second choice. Yeah, yeah, because he is so good defensively. Um, mm -hmm. Just for just for my own personal sake, I'm gonna for the victory lap. I'm gonna add Clint Frazier in there. Uh, I have no idea how good he actually was defensively, um, but he was way better than he used to be. So most improved defensively definitely mm -hmm. goes to Clint Frazier. So I'm going to give him yeah. a nice little third place vote there. Oh, there you go. Well, I think the other thing too about Clint Frazier is if you think back to this season, you can't think of any bad plays that he made or mistakes he Only made. Only good plays. Only good right, plays. exactly. So last year, all you could think about were the terrible plays that he made. You're like, oh, I remember that one time he missed that ball when he dove like 10 feet away from it. Yeah, at home against yeah. Boston too. It literally doesn't get any worse than that. Exactly. So yes, um, you can't remember any bad plays. So therefore, he must be very, very good. That's must what be, I say. Must be. Um, offensive MVP, I went with Luke Voigt. Um, still could have been DJ LeMahieu as well. <laughs> I mean... Shocking, shockingly, the guy who is the team MVP might also be the offensive and defensive MVP. Um, yeah, you know, who could have I seen could that? Also coming? Say he's probably the Cy Young, like you know, yeah. everything. he did everything. Oh, oh, Cy Young is Eric Kratz. Let's not get it twisted. That's the best knuckleballer in the game. Oh, those knuckleball. That guy could have a, an extra ten years on his career. Absolutely, you know, I want him to teach the knuckleball to his son Davy. You know what would be even better if one inning Davy had to catch for him. Oh, that is dangerous. <laughs> that is very dangerous. Sorry, I know. <laughs> I'd love to see Davey just unleash 96 to second base on a stolen, on a steal though. Like he just, he pops up like the slowest pop time ever and then just unleashes a, a two seam <laughs> missile to second base. <laughs> that would be pretty fun to watch. <laughs> um, I would say uh, Cy Young Award. I think you have to go with Garrett Cole. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, he just was the most – I know that he struggled a little bit in the beginning, and he still, you know, wasn't up to pure Garrett Cole form, but he had some really, really great quality starts. The Yankees offense could not bail him out sometimes. It just – overall – Early on, early on, he couldn't get a break from the offense where he was only right. giving up like – he was giving up like three runs in a game. That's a right. lead that the Yankees should probably take back. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then who else do I have here? Uh, our rookie of the year. I feel like there's only one real option as in Davy Garcia. Yep. Agreed. I mean, shortened season. So you really didn't get to see, you, you did see Michael King come up and, you know, he struggled too. Yeah. He wasn't great. Clark Schmidt also wasn't Garcia. great. Right. And I think Davy Garcia just really showcased 
just how hard he's been working because to be completely honest for a long time I had Clark Schmidt above Davey Garcia so now Clark Schmidt is the is the prime example of how bad it was not to have minor league baseball this year like there is no Mm -hmm. chance that Clark Schmidt would have would have been on this major league roster uh the entire year basically um if he had been like if he had a chance to pitch in triple a which he didn't and towards the end, you're saying, all right, let's just get this guy some game action because there's really nothing for him at the alternative site. And he just – he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready yet. He's got great stuff, all the talent in the world. Uh, the location and the command is still just a little bit off. He misses over the heart of the plate too much. Um, so that's something that obviously would have gotten sharpened up in a real minor league season. And then you're maybe looking at him for 2021 as a realistic pitching option. Um, so we'll see maybe he can work out some of those kinks in the off season but I think he's going to need a little bit of time at AAA playing actual games uh, to really to really take that next step and I think with the loss to of uh, Luis Severino early on in the preseason really kind of forced the Yankees hand to be a little bit more like okay now we got to really test these guys out and you know like you said didn't have the opportunity to pitch in the minor leagues this season so stepped up um and he did come up yeah um okay so moving on what's your next award my next award is biggest disappointment i'm just kidding um sorry (laughs) my bad (laughs) that was funny um gary sanchez duh obviously obviously just a dumpster fire of a season for gary this year it was horrible he looked lost at the plate every single time he would hit a a huge home run and we'd be like oh my gosh he's finally on his way out of this and then next game or for sure you know just like it's bad it was tough to watch yeah, I think you can maybe throw Brett Gardner into that conversation too. Just because, I mean, we didn't have a whole load of expectations for Brett Gardner, but offensively he was, I mean, really, really terrible. Uh, Glaber Torres maybe has a, has a bone to pick with the winner. Uh, he, offensively, he was not great. Defensively, he was kind of a train wreck. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, listen, isn't it sad that we have more options for biggest disappointment than we do for team MVP? Yeah, that's not great. It's not really <laughs> where you want to be. Um, but I guess it's to want. be expected when you're a preseason favorite to win the entire thing and then you end up with the five seed. Right. And a, are, and you're four yeah. innings away from ending up with the eighth seed. <laughs> yeah, 7.5% chance to win the World Series. So it's, it's not great. It's not great. But... Um, yeah, so he would be my biggest disappointment. Obviously, you have other people who could clearly win that same award as well. And last but not least, who are you most excited to watch in the postseason, however long the postseason is? Ooh, I have that an answer. That is a good one. I'm going to say, I think I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. I want to go with DJ LeMahieu, but I feel mm-hmm. like – he his consistency is already going to be there. I already kind of know what DJ is going to do. I would mm-hmm. really like to see Aaron Judge turn it up a notch and actually like get going now that it's playoff time. 
Uh, if he hits a if he hits a home run in his first at bat uh, against Cleveland, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm gonna be tweeting all caps. Aaron Judge is so fucking back. It's unbelievable. Um, and just throw my expectations for him for the rest of the postseason way off track. Okay, that's a very good answer. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. What about you? <laughs> Clint Frazier. Ooh, Clint Frazier. He was up there for me too. So I, I picked Clint Frazier just because I feel like he's – this entire season for him has been a comeback year. He's really worked hard to try and prove that he truly belongs there because everyone just said, you know, defense, he sucks at defense, he's not great at defense, and his offense is okay, and why are you cheering? John Heyman just tweeted, Rob Manfred tells us why it'll be 12 or 14 playoff teams in the future. I like 12. I think 12 is a really good number. Six in each division or in each league. I'm totally okay with 12. Okay. That works. Not 16. 16 was way too many. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Okay. That's good. That's good. I like that. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Clint. Yes. I feel like he, he really has this entire – this entire season had like this chip on his shoulder where he's like, I need to prove I'm good. And he's actually proven he's pretty damn good at defense. Love it. Still, still think he has the quickest hands in the game besides Mike Trout. Um, I, I really want to see what he does. So Absolutely. if Clint Frazier had a huge postseason, there will be no end to the victory lap. There is a victory lap's already not going to end. It's going to go until he retires. If Clint Frazier has a big postseason, and if he wins like, if he wins World Series MVP, I swear to God, I'm going to be 90 years old talking about it. Never going to stop. I remember back in the day when everyone hated him. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even see the Boston series in 2019. You don't even know what you're talking about. Do you know how important it was for him in 2020 to come out and play average defense? You have no clue. Okay, Grandpa. Okay. <laughs> It's like, all right, let's see if we can get the nurse to give you some more of those pills, Grandpa. <laughs> so, yeah, that, those would be my awards. I don't think I have any other awards. I don't, I don't think I really missed anything vital. Uh, reliever of the year for the Yankees. My bad. Zach Britton. Obviously. I knew you were going to say Zach Britton. I fully agree. Zach Britton forever. Um, yeah. Louis Sessa only in high leverage situations. Correct. Uh, yes. That's um, how it works. Okay, so then I have one award for you that I know you haven't prepared for, so it's going to be full off the tip of your tongue. Who is your favorite player, non-Yankee player to watch in 2020? Non-Yankee player to watch. I'm not saying Mike Trout because that's a cop-out. I love watching Mike Trout, though. I think he's... Oh, who doesn't? Um, you just want me to say a Padre, don't you? No, you can say whoever you want. I'm going to say a Padre, but you can say whoever you want. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Oh, boy. Well, tell me your Padres. I got to think. Denelson Lamette, by far. Uh, okay. Every every Denelson Lamette start. Once I hopped on the train, I tweeted at Max, "Hey, it's Denelson Lamette day." Loved it. Most electric pitcher in baseball. Two different sliders, which we know Larry Rothschild loves. He throws his sliders more often than he throws his fastball. Can't imagine a more perfect combination than Larry Rothschild and Denelson Lamette. 
So I'm going to give you an answer and it's not going to be one you expect. And I'll tell you why it's not going to be one you expect. Um, this guy's been in the league for a very long time. And I still love watching Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is great. He was second in my MVP voting. Had a fantastic year. He'll probably win it. The reason I like watching him is because, you know, how I have the things for, like, the the wives and girlfriends and stuff, and I follow them on Twitter and everything. So his wife always posts videos of his son. And the interactions that you see with Freddie Freeman and his son are the cutest possible thing I've ever seen. So I was like, this guy seems like a good dude. I should probably watch more of him, even though he's been in the league for however long he's been in. So I've been paying real close attention to him. And I was like, this guy, I like this guy. Yeah, he's a really good dude. And also he mashes. Right, exactly, exactly. And I think from a pitching standpoint, um, mm, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Clevenger because I don't like him. Um, No, he's not the best person. No, exactly. But I was thinking more along the lines of even going back towards the Indian side, Lisak. Please, I, I'm, I'm still pretty mad at him about the COVID thing, but he is, he is really I good. Too. I am too, but I've enjoyed watching him pitch. And he's like one of those guys that's kind of like, he's good, but he's not as good as Shane Bieber. So he's kind of like underrated a little bit in a way, if you're not paying too much attention. So yeah, I guess those would be my answers. Absolutely. If I had to pick a hitter, I think it would be J.D. Martinez, because I have not mm. seen anybody want to be a professional baseball player less than J.D. Martinez wanted to be this year. <laughs> It was unbelievable. He's like, that guy's the best hitter, one of the best hitters in the league. And this year he was well below average. He just did not care. Right. And one of the other teams that I really have enjoyed watching secretly, no one's really known I've watched, but the Oakland Athletics. Love watching the A's. I like like listening to Dallas Braden talk. I find it very soothing. He, you know, he posts a lot of videos on Twitter too. And like, and I'm always like, Oh, he does not sound like the way I think he would sound. No, I mean, he does. I mean, it's kind of nice to have a former player doing play-by-play instead of Mm -hmm. like a professional broadcaster. I don't know if that's how that booth started or if it just kind of morphed into that where Dallas just kept talking and talking and talking until the (laughs) actual play-by-play guy was like, all right, I'm doing color now. No, it was, uh, yeah, they, I, I do enjoy watching the ace and I think it's just because like, they remind me of just like that scrappy team and the Yankees don't play them that often. So it makes me feel fine where I'm like, Oh, I can cheer for them unless they're playing the Yankees. So oh, I can't cheer for them, of course. you know, but uh, it's, I've enjoyed watching them. They play in a pretty crappy stadium. Um, actually my cousins used to live out. My cousin and his wife used to live out in California and they used to go to Oakland games all the time because she was, what did she do? She wasn't like a real estate agent, but she, she helped like sell apartments in this complex and guess who lived there? The A's players. Sunny Gray. Oh, Sunny Gray. Sonny Gray used to give her and him tickets to go to the game. Sonny Gray had a pretty nice year this year. Again, after last year. I know. I'm so happy for him. He deserves it. So that's why I like first was like, oh, that's kind of a cool stadium. Because like they they would stay up really close and they would send pictures and stuff. And I was like, that's pretty sweet. And they told me that Sonny Gray was the one who got them tickets. Not sure if I still believe them or not, but you know, whatever. Um, but still, it was really cool. And I definitely enjoy watching them, but not when they play the Yankees because then I get really nervous. Yeah, and traditionally, the Yankees don't do too well at the Coliseum. 
So I don't really love that. And also those games, now that I cover baseball professionally, those 10 o'clock starts at, at the Coliseum, oh boy, were those right. rough ones for my, for my mental health. Just losing right. terribly until 2 o'clock in the morning. Hated it. Hated it. I can, like, count on my, all my hands, all my fingers and my toes how many times I've watched the Yankees lose to the Los Angeles Angels at, like, 2 in the morning in the 14th inning. Yeah, and then it's like, I stayed up for nothing. I got nothing out of this game. Exactly. I'm like, okay, so that was fun, but I got to work in, in six hours. It was fun, but also in a much more real sense, it wasn't that much fun. Right, exactly. Uh-oh, I lost you for a second. Oh, hello. I started crying today. Um, oh, no. Because I was just sitting there and I was just frazzled. I had so much on my to-do list, like do laundry, do a workout, do this, do this, make dinner. And so I got frazzled. So my boyfriend came over and he was like, eh, you'll be fine. And I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, well, what's, well, hon, what's wrong? And I was like, I, I'm not ready for the Yankees to lose. I don't want to <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs> And he just was like, oh, oh, you're crying. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> He's like, that, I don't know what to do. Brett Gardner, Brett Gardner, Brett Gardner. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I'm superstitious. And I was like crying because I was like, if I watch the first game on my TV in my bedroom and they lose, I only have one more shot to get the TV right. Like if I have to watch it out there or watch it at someone else's house or watch it at a bar, like, I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm pulling out all the superstitions from tomorrow. Uh, yeah. My my world famous game watching chair is broken as hell. Broken as hell. Uh, but I have refused to throw it out until the end Good. of the playoffs uh, so that I can sit in it for the games. I mm-hmm. have this hat. We'll not be wearing this hat. Just the okay. last time I'll wear this hat, I'm going to wear my old Yankees hat, which Great. doesn't really fit my head with all the hair I have now. That's too much. I might have to get a haircut. I don't know. No, um, don't get a haircut. No, you're Wait, right. You're right. I can't do it. You should. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's tough. Uh, shaved the beard. Wish I hadn't done that now. I just I I feel say, like I'm going to be the cause. Once you do it, you can't undo it. So like, oh my God. So what this if it doesn't work? If the Yankees get blown out in game one, I'm going to shave my head and I'm going to shave my beard. And it's, it's all going to be gone. I'm going hairless. Good. If the Yankees lose okay, game perfect. one. I will tell you also, I am breaking out a very, very special t-shirt. Um, tomorrow, I am breaking out the 2017 Thumbs Down shirt because, because when they played the Indians in 2017, I ordered that shirt after the wild card game, and it didn't come in until game three, the day of game three. And I was like, they're already down 2 nothing, They're going to lose. And I was so pissed off. So I just wore it as a last resort, and they won. Okay, so there it is. That's As long as you won. have that shirt, everything's going to be okay. So I got to, I got to break that out too. I got to find it first, but I'll break it out. Yeah. I'm going to have to make a list of all my, all my superstitions and figure out which ones have worked this year and which ones haven't. So I can really just, just maximize the superstition, especially for game one with how important game one is to get Bieber out of the way. If we can get Bieber out of the way with a win. Oh boy. We're in a good spot. I know. Fingers crossed. It's going to be an exciting day tomorrow. Baseball from 12 until like midnight. So 12 straight hours. Unreal. Unreal. Incredible. So I'm going to be in the office 
Um, however, I will be sure to keep my notifications on in case anything exciting happens because I just, I just need to know. Yeah, know everything. Right, exactly. So that's that. That's all I got today, except yeah. for the fact that I need to, you know, go burrow up in my blanket and mentally prepare for tomorrow. Maybe cry a little more, but like a happy cry, like, yay, what if they win, you know? <laughs> Fair. I have, I have nothing else. We are over an hour now. So good job by us. We made it to over an hour. Once again, uh, I always get nervous like halfway through when I'm like, Oh my God, how are we going to get to an hour? And then by the time we get here, I'm like, all right, let's, let's wrap it the fuck up already. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're done now. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So then we're going to wrap it up there. Give the puppy five stars. If you want to name the puppy in your five-star review, we are taking suggestions. It does not have a name yet. Right now we're calling him new dog. Uh, Flynn, my old dog. He does not like that very much. He's not, not accustomed to the new puppy yet. He thinks it's a visitor. Um, so if you want to leave us a five-star review with a name suggestion, we also prefer Irish names. So I like the name Ryder. I'm a big fan because Flynn and Ryder equals Flynn Ryder equals Tangled equals Disney. Yay! I'll put it in the running. Okay, thank goodness. All right. See everybody next week. Okay.